Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Hate to See It podcast here this Thursday night, February 24th. Um, yeah, post-Super Bowl, like there's that low period, MLB lockout, so we're going to figure out things to talk about. Good thing the All-Star break is over for the NBA. Um, we're going to pick up the second half of the season, but first, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about um, what's going on in the world. Uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody uh, in Ukraine and what the hell Russia's doing over there with invading Sovereign soil, uh, just an awful situation on the world stage. Uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there. Um, if you come to this show for uh, political direction, don't. Um, we're just three stooges that uh, semi no sports. So with that being said, um, let's dive right into the second half of the NBA season starting up. Um, the All-Star weekend was a semi-joke. It was nice that they had the, you know, the 75, 75th year anniversary, uh, top 75 players come. That was cool. Um, CMJ and everybody up there, cool, great stuff. So, with that being said, I got to address my basketball team. Worldwide West needs to calm the fuck down. All right, you ha- you cannot go to James Dolan here and blame this on my man Tibbs. It's not on Tibbs' fault. You and your moron friend Leon Rose, who had a great season last year because you threw out a sloppy group of players that overachieved, and then Tibbs took them to overachieve to the four seed. Now you try to tweak it. You bring in Kemba Walker, who now is out for the rest of the season just not playing because Derrick Rose is coming back. Fournier is coming around a little bit more, so that isn't looking as bad as a signing as we thought it was, but it's still a pretty bad signing overall. But you, you can't go, don't, do not, do not for the life of God, do not tell, get in James Dolan's head and say, hey, let's go get this guy because Donovan, it was a Donovan Mitchell likes this coach and maybe we can get him and blah, blah, blah. No, we did that with Fisdale because he had the relationship with LeBron. How'd that work out? It was a complete, utter disaster. David Fisdale could not coach the way out of a paper bag. So, that's out. Stick to the plan here. Get, do not fire Tibbs after this year. Keep it going. Surround him with players that he wants. He didn't want Cam Reddish. Why are we trading for basically Kevin Knox 2.0? Cam Reddish is an offensive player. He's, he's a, a, an attempt at a score. He plays zero defense. Our issue is defense. So I don't understand why. And then you have a log jam now at the shooting guard small forward position because you have Evan Fournier there, you have R.J. Barrett, then you have Quickly, you have Burks, now you're going to have Cam Reddish, you have Quentin Grimes. Can we see more Quentin Grimes? So for the second half of the season, I guess you guys are going to agree with this. I hope you guys do. I want to see Grimes. I want to four-speed Quickly the ball here. Let's get Mitch out there a lot more. I want to see Obi on the floor more. Randall, you're playing well. I like it, but God damn it, we got to play some defense now, and we cannot turn the ball over on the last possession. So my expectation is I want to see improvement, and maybe just maybe we'll sneak into the play-in games. So with that being said, am I off? Am I going crazy here at this expectation for the second half? Because well, well, I, Go ahead, Evan. One, one thing that bothers me about the way the Knicks are run, when was the last time Leon Rose addressed the media. Oh, the guy doesn't talk to anybody. I, I couldn't tell you what this guy like. They almost seem like imaginary figures that Nick's yep. Twitter would like talk about when they're good. Like, oh, this this mysterious Leon Rose and mysterious World Wide West straightening it out. And I couldn't tell you what either guy looks like or what they sound like, which shouldn't be the case because they're the New York Knicks. They're, I think you could debate. They're the biggest team in this city regardless of sport and mm-hmm. you have the two guys running the show that are being, yeah they're they're ghosts and well he was they, more they, they need to be held was, accountable Evan, like, to your point he was a lot more readily available last year when things are going good 
you always saw him at the on the he's at the games, but the camera was always panned to him. He was talking to the media a little bit more. This year, his big concoction of Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, has completely backfired. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that, that, that's that's one thing I'll give Mark's credit for. Like he talks to the media at least publicly twice a year. I know he had his his uh, he actually had an event for the season ticket holders when they asked him the questions the other day, which I really like. And you know they. Of course, you're not going to get the tough, tough questions, but no. they asked him about the Harden situation. They asked him about the Kyrie situation. They said, where's Ben? Where's Kevin Durant? And he sat there and answered these questions. That's the sort of leadership you need if you're going to run an organization, especially when the Knicks, they have all the questions in the world. You have tips questions. You have roster questions. You have you know, team-building performance questions. And this guy, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Like, wh- where is he? He's just hiding behind this curtain. It is. It is totally unacceptable that the New York Post runs a story that one of our executives is in James Dolan's ear saying to fire Thibodeau. That screams dysfunction. But it also screams even more dysfunction because, Mr. World Wide West, you are the brand manager that we hired. So go, just go, just manage the brand. Stop with the on-the-court shit. And I don't understand why they want to go down there. I hope James Dolan told him to go F himself because – do not you better not fire Thibodeau to hire a coach on a relationship basis and hoping to get a free agent. That's just going backwards. We've done that a million times. We did that with Phil Jackson. If if you want to do that, you get the player and then you get the coach. It's it's not the other right. way around. Now Tibbs has not done himself any favors. The RJ I said this on the last show. The RJ Barrett thing where he's rolling an ankle with with 35 seconds to go down 25 points should not be in the game. The kid's playing 48 minutes a game, I, and and that's on him. And the fact that, listen, the veterans are not playing well. Let me see Obi. Let me see Obi on the floor with Randall. Let me see Obi on the floor. Let me see Obi for more than two minutes at a time. So Tibbs didn't do himself any favors. But in Tibbs' defense, like the great Bill Parcells, if you want me to cook the dinner, at least let me shop for the groceries. You, it seems like, and, what's, and, what, uh, and we'll get to Jay and Ashley's opinion on this in a second. What's really alarming is you hired your general manager, so to speak, and your head coaches at the same time. So you'd expect them to be in lockstep. To me, I'm getting a lot of John Isaac, Rex Ryan vibes here where front office and coach aren't on the same page, yet they were hired at the same time, which is very alarming. What are your thoughts, Jack? Um, I, that's, that's something that I was thinking about is last time I, I, when I was looking back into it, they were, they were hired at the same time, right? GM. They were, ma- they were married together. This, right. this is going to be the group that's going to get right. us. So consult each other. Right, right. Fresh start, you know, yep. new guys. Yep, clean slate. To, right. Um, and it seems as if, you know, the, 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 the two aren't meeting anymore because, uh, and it shows in the play. And what's most alarming to me is how much different is this team than the team last year? You know, it's really different because your point guard play is significantly dropped off and you added Kemba Walker, which is the scarier part. Alfred Payton last year did his job. As much as we hated Alfred Payton and he was a cancer to the offense, what did he do? He started the offense. Yeah, he's And a- then when he burnt out, you brought Derrick Rose in and what did he do? He started the offense. It wasn't Julius Randle, dribble, 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 fat, 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 Evan Roberts. Shout out <laughs> WFAN. But it wasn't dribble, 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 lose the ball in a triple team. Right. Um, Derek Rose has a, does a great job of. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm trying to feed. Trying to feed you. Okay, you're not getting it. I can get me a bucket now. Yeah. He can, Derek Rose, in his advanced age with his 95 year old legs, 
can get a bucket whenever he wants still. Still, Hi, still, he can. Still, still. Um, but it was what's most what's most alarming to me is personnel wise it's really outside of i i guess peyton it's it doesn't seem much different yeah you guys added more offense thinking that the defense wasn't going to be an issue because it wasn't an issue last year and right that's what's that's what's alarming me is that you know and this is the way of the league obviously guys you know fluctuate and gravitate towards offense because that's just you know how the league is starting to you know what it's starting to turn into and that's all leagues to be honest everything's becoming a scoring uh, a scoring game um mm -hmm. but you guys were a good defensive team last year and now you're not a good defensive team considering the leads you guys give up and the crumbles which you know we've said before is probably a uh, mental thing yeah. but the, the, that's that's the that's the part that bothers me is that the team is not much different and then the defense has such a drop off that you're, you're not going to win games you're not going to win games playing defense Reggie Bullock is not the X factor that made us great last year let's be clear about that that, that the fact that we let Reggie Bullock go is the reason why we're in this position no it's not you're right even with Reggie Bullock out and we were, even with Evan Fournier not having the best season I still believe that if Randall was the, in the last five games or six games that Randall has played, the offense is technically better than what it was last year. Because regardless, last year, your point guard really didn't do too much. And then Derrick Rose came in, and then we relied too much on Rose later in the season. So the issue, I think, is a mentality. It's a leader. It's a lack of leadership. And it's also what Evan always says. These guys outplayed the back of their baseball card last year by a lot. Which is a testament to Leon Rose for assembling this motley crew, but it's also a bigger testament to Tom Thibodeau for getting the most out of this group. Go ahead, Evan. What confused me most last year to this year, you guys did not have much Mitch last year, did you? We lost Mitch probably... No, we lost Mitch right right before... Let's see, what the playoffs started, what, in April? Yeah. We lost Mitch in, like, late March. Late, no, late February, early March. Oh, I could have swore you only had, like, 30 games on Mitch last year, because I no, was going to say... Mitch was on and off the floor, but we lost him for the season in early March. Re regardless, you've gotten a much more consistent and just Mitchell present Robinson. Mitchell Robinson this year. I agree. Who's a really good rim protector. He's still got some yes. work to do in other parts of the game. That's okay. So you figure the defense, you're going to, yeah, Bullock's a better defender than Fournier, but it's not like Bullock's an NBA all-defensive guy. And same with Derrick Rose. He's not a great defender historically either. But at the no. same time, I guess just the veteran continuity was there, and that's why I kept the defense afloat. We all know Tips could scheme up a defense, and maybe part of it is like these, these younger guys don't get the scheme, and maybe Fournier's not the, you know, we know he's not the best defender. It, it, it's just tough to explain. I think wouldn't surprise if the Knicks got hot in the next couple weeks just to figure it out. But They've been playing better. Listen to me. When you're up 20 points in three of these games against good good teams, like teams that you should be beat or teams that you should be beating, that doesn't tell me that we can't do it. It clearly tells me we can do it. Now, last Nick point here. 23 games left. They are 25 and 34 right now. I don't think you got to win. You got to go at least 12, 12 and 9 here. Or, or 12 and yeah. 12 and 11. You got to at least be 500 here 
Maybe a little bit more. I'm thinking at least 15, 16 wins here. Because it's 9 and 10. 9 and 10 get in, correct? Well, yeah, 9, nine and 10 play. Well, 9 and 10 play ins, right? 7, yeah. 8, 9, 10 play in, right? Yeah. And uh, right now, the uh, Knicks are. Yeah, you want 500 because it's sitting at 500 right now, or less than 500. So you want 500 to ensure yourself, you yeah. know, 7 or 8. We need to be hovering around that 37 to 40 wins right. to be in those playing A hundred percent. Go ahead, Evan. Tell me we can't do it. I'm not, no, I'm not sure that's enough because if you look at the ninth and 10th seed right now, the Hornets and the Hawks unequivocally are much better basketball teams than the Knicks right now. I don't think that's – I mean, yeah, they, the, I mean we'd have, have to go deep. We'd, 10. Have, we'd have to go deeper and see their, their schedule. Yeah, yeah we, we go, won't go that in deep into it, but they just have to – I mean, the Wizards are a joke. They'll pass the Wizards, but... I agree. The Hornets and Hawks, they got a lot more going for them than the Knicks. I know they've struggled of late, and, you know, the Hawks have had a weird time buying their footing this year. But if you just line up Jimmys and Joes... Oh, they're a better be team. Well, yeah. my last Nick point. My advice to Thibodeau and this team is just put your heads down one game at a time. Don't scoreboard watch. Don't look at the standings. Just do your job that night. And at the end, let the chips fall how they fall. With that being said, we can go to a more optimistic approach, even though their shooting guard is still afraid of basketballs, um, the, the Brooklyn Nets. So, Evan, what's our outlook looking at the second half of the season here? Uh, where's Ben Simmons going to – what's his deal? And what's Harden's injury situation? And Durant. When are we going to see the whole team back? Harden? You mean Who's Irving. Harris? You mean I mean, I'm sorry. Irving. I mean Irving, Irving and Durant. Uh, see, well, apparently these COVID restrictions are getting rolled back within these uh, next few weeks officially – Mm-hmm. So hopefully that can happen sooner or later because the net schedule coming out of the break, it's fucking tough. They get Boston twice. They get Milwaukee once. They get Toronto a couple times. It's... And the Knicks. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, we're them good. Too. We're good. We're good there, there's a lot of teams coming out that they are, one, counting on being able to hopefully jump at some point in the standings going to the playoffs. And, two, the Nets are still the eight seed. It's not like – they're very comfortably in the playoffs right now. You don't want to play in that game. You know, it's no. it's like a classic anything happens situation. And God forbid you have to go to Toronto. Kyrie Irving can't play in that game. So they got to start winning basketball games. But on the optimistic side, like I said, Kyrie, I think within the next one week to three weeks, we'll see him every single game, which he needs almost a ramp-up period to play full-time. He's not playing two games and then sitting out a week we're gonna see him every game now so that that should yep. be fun to see because you Some know con- he'll continuity. be yeah continuity simmons they said durant was close to return than simmons they said durant got an intense workout in today and they want two more before he can play i think he plays on monday durant so that's exciting always good simmons, to have durant play simmons, back. it isn't an injury it's his mental health right no they just said it's conditioning at this point okay which makes sense. Yeah, he hasn't really Some people it, interpreting yeah. him like, oh, he's out of shape. Like, no. I'm sure Ben Simmons is in shape. That, he's not in 35 minutes of professional basketball there's shape. There's practice shape, and then there's basketball game yeah. shape. It's too different, so, right? I, I think we see him at the end of next week. I think that's realistic. So end of next week, beginning of the week after. And at that point, you pretty much have your whole squad. And when uh, Eric Adams waves the magic wand, of course, there's the lingering Joe Harris question. And, Apparently, we're getting a decision on him within the next couple days. They wanted to see how he responds. I'm not super optimistic about it, but like I said in a couple other pods, 
adding Seth Curry kind of makes that a little better. But yeah, at this point, I, I don't think turn- I don't think you see Joe Harris ever again. This no, season. you'll see him next year. This season, I think this season, I don't think you'll see him again. I, I I don't think he will play. I'm hoping it does. It looks like it might be a pain tolerance thing, but when you're like a shooter like that, he needs to be able to come off sc- screens comfortably. He's got to be able to mm-hmm. think about shooting the ball without having to worry about his foot or his ankle. And you know what? I'm sure he's a tough guy, but the first time he steps on someone's foot on the way down after a three, Over. that's going to hurt like a motherfucker. Yep. And you, you can't kill the guy for, you know, not being able to fight through that. I'm sure he's going to try his best, but I'm just not super optimistic. And, you know, I, I hate turning in the Nets to like a when or if thing, but I still feel good about them as a team. I, I think top to bottom, they're still the most talented team in the East. And once you get everyone back, they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. Like Sean Mark said, the expectation this year has not changed. They expect to win a championship. And I think they can, which is, you know, you are what your record says you are. You're the 18 mm-hmm. right now. You have a lot of work to do to get to that point. I know people had questions last year about continuity when Harden got added. Harden got added, what was that, early January? Simmons is getting added maybe early March. That's even less time to figure it out. And the way it's looking, you can't count on, like last year, it's like, oh, the Nets are just going to run through the Celtics round one. You can figure out some stuff then. The Nets are going to have to play up. The Nets might have the Bulls. They might have the Heat, which are teams that are better than like, them right like, now. Yeah, better than right now. And Jay's spoken like they've had some issues continuity-wise themselves because people were in and out of the lineup. But they've at least been practicing together all through camp and the whole team. And we all know how good of a team Miami is. They got their whole system up there. They're just moving in and out pieces. Everyone is always on the same page. Those can be really tough matchups. So they need to get everyone on the court. They need to get everyone playing together. But you know what? When you have these superstars like Durant and Kyrie, and I, I think I wouldn't call Ben Simmons a superstar, but he's no. still a star of a player. Yeah. That you, you, you expect them to figure it out, and hopefully they do it in time where they can hit playoffs at, at, at full speed and just, you know, put together a run. Do you think Steve Nash's job security is secure? Do you think there's any, any question about it? As long as Kevin Durant likes Steve Nash, Steve Nash will still be the coach. And Steve Nash, and Kevin Durant helped pick Steve Nash. And he was basically his personal coach when he was in Golden State. He worked with mm-hmm. him all the time. That was where he basically focused his attention. That's where the relationship started. So if Nash is on board, if Durant's on board with Nash, the Nets are on board with Nash. Because, you know, that's, that's the business when you're dealing with superstars. They're probably more important than the GM when it comes to making calls. Of course, there's the owner that can make a snap decision, but right under the owner, it's your superstar, alpha dog, megastar. It makes all decisions, and nothing, nothing, gets past, nothing gets passed without his thumbs up. That's where the NBA is like, go ahead, Jay, what do you got for Evan? My question, my question is, say the playing game is in Canada. There is oh my god. There 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 is there is no there's no Kyrie, right? Nope. No. Oh my god. What a great question. That's a great question. So yeah, they they can't play. So looking from looking at the standings, you know, as they sit right now, 
when they do these playing games, I'm sure it's the seven plays the ten, seven getting home, and eight, eight and nine playing eight gets home, right? Right, right. Um, where you guys sit right now, you'd get a home game uh, against the Hornets. Um, yeah. I'm also thinking, I, I, I would think that you guys surpassed the Raptors. Um, I, I, I think that the Nets have a better team than the Raptors do. Um, but then again, you know, the, the continuity always being a thing, the, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, like I'm not a huge Kyrie Irvin fan. Like, I don't think that Kyrie's arguably, you know, one of the, you know, when he's playing one of the top five players in the NBA. Um, but can he work can he work with this team because granted we know Durant's going to get his Kyrie most definitely is probably going to get his too but is that going to be enough to beat these other teams like you know Miami and you know the Bulls like where there's where it's collective efforts you know and the Bulls is it's kind of weird because it's kind of like a little tandem too maybe sometimes Vucevic jumps in but the the it scares me it scares me for the Nets one if the playing game if they happen to be in a playing game and they don't have home field is in Canada because that yeah. could, that could be bad because of course anyone wants Kyrie playing even as a basketball fan I want Kyrie playing um, the, the NBA wants Kyrie playing you're playing in a playoff I mean, game right in, in, in terms of that the worst case scenario because I'm still not super familiar with the plan but I think it's seven plays eight and then eight plays nine. No, in nine plays ten. So no, oh. I think you are right, Evan. Yes. If the, oh if the my Raptors, God, that's if the Raptors. The Raptors win. They're done. They're in. They're the seventh seed. If if we're just saying everything stays the same, seven and eight. Right, right, if right. If the right. Raptors beat the Nets in Toronto, the Nets will fly home to Brooklyn, and they will play the winner, whoever the nine and ten is. Which, if it's the Hornets or the. Hawks, obviously the Nets are better okay. than those teams. But what but if it's what if it's the Nets in that scenario? What if the Nets are the eight, they play the seven, and they win? Then, then I believe the Nets are the new seven seed, and they're just chilling. And then the and then the Raptors would end up having a home game against the winner of nine and ten. The nine ten. Yep. Yeah, the nine ten. Oh yeah. wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is pretty cool. No, that is cool. I actually like that a lot because it's kind of like a loser's bracket almost. Yeah. Um, but it's also win and get in type shit, which I like, which I, which, I, which I do like. And I do like the fact of the 9 and 10 guys having to do a little bit extra to get in. Yeah. Um, I, I, could, I could be wrong, but I think the 8 seed might have to beat the 7 seed twice. I, I'll look it up while you're talking here, but... I think that might be a rule. Okay. Well, either way, either scenario works for me. Um, I would hope that it, that it doesn't pan out this way so that Kyrie can play. Um, like, yeah, the, 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 the only thing that worries me is, is the, you know, the, the, the variable and intangible of coaching. And this is something we talked about with the NFL. And, you know, coaching comes more into play at the end of the season mm-hmm. and in, in playoff time more than it ever does. Um, I'm, I'm sure that, and, and as bullshit as this sounds, I'm sure that there is a lot of teams that, that, that could be potentially coached in cruise control right now. 
Um, and not a lot, not like half or anything like that. But the but you're the, absolutely right. The, the, the idea of these coaches are chaperones, essentially. In the beginning, yes, and then yeah. they turn into coaches come playoff time. Is it, th- that's what I think this league is, and a big concern that Evan and Chewy have brought up to my attention, which I started paying attention to now, because they said it is Steve Nash's decision making. Yes. His decision making. And this is something I even started talking about, even in the NFL with McCarthy that ended up fucking the Cowboys over. Is Steve Nash's decision making actually going to end up fucking you guys over in the end? And because it it gets to it, I think it gets to a certain point that, yes, the players put out the product, but they have to be guided and directed in a certain way when the playoffs come around. And does Steve Nash have that? Yes, he has the player experience. Mind you, he doesn't have a ring, I don't think. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have one. So nope, he doesn't nope. technically know what it takes to, to get it done. Even though, I mean, when he was, was he on the Golden State uh, staff? staff when yeah, they, it, technically oh, he was. Yeah, te- yeah. Right, technically he was, but even then like when you're when you're ahead of the reins and you're the you know you're basically the the puppet master it's 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 tough it's a it's a tough position and obviously it's showing because his decision making hasn't been up to par and it kind of doesn't it 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 furthermores the point that not always are the best and smartest players the best coaches yeah, no, you saw it. Derek Fisher was a perfect example. It was one of the smartest basketball IQ players, point guard, Lakers. Right. And and couldn't coach out of a paper bag with the Knicks. Right. Even last to make it to halfway through the season where this guy's got to go. Evan, last question for you on the Nets. Going building off what Jay said about coaches, you know, in those moments with decision making, players like LeBron, Durant, how much input do you think they have? Do you think that it'll ever come to a point where those are just give me the whiteboard, I'm drawing up the play? Do you think that ever happens? Or do you think they fully trust what, like, a Steve Nash is going to say in a huddle, given he hasn't proven himself as a head coach yet? I don't think they're picking up the whiteboard. I think it's going to be a situation where Kevin Durant says, I'm killing this guy, give me the ball. And I assume Steve Nash has binders and binders of plays that gets Kevin Durant open because that's, you know, that's his job to make his life easier for the players. And yeah, so I, I don't think Durant's drawn it up. There might be some times where he says, all right, just set me a pick so I can get this ball inbounded, clear out. I'm taking this ball. Unless I get triple team, then I'll kick it. But even if it's double teamed, I'm rising up and shooting over people. Cause you know, at the end of the day, he's Kevin Durant. Oh, absolutely. Like that, that's the benefit of having a guy like that. Like at the end of the day, yep. he will, probably find a way to get it done nine times out of ten and you know what if he doesn't get it done Kyrie Irving has hit arguably the biggest shot in NBA history Agreed. arguably so it's why you got multiple guys you can count that, on, that's what I'm saying man it's to have Durant and then to have Kyrie who's a, I would say just as good as a, a of a closer as Durant is it, it, that that that's something that I think could overcome actually Steve Nash's lack of coaching is their unnatural ability and their you know and the and the ice in their veins come the end of the game. No, when push comes to shove, you need to play to win the game. Although it's for Durant, Durant, you want to get the ball to Durant. Can we draw this up? Yeah. You know, but yeah. and don't forget, you know, the team obviously knows where the ball's going to. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think Steve Nash is 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 a, as much as I bust his balls, calling him a chaperone. 
I think he knows the game. And I think if it came down to, he definitely could coach his way to, to a, you know, to a championship appearance. Yeah. But you know, last year was his first rodeo. So let's see what happens this year. If he's a good coach, if he's, if he's as good of a coach as he is player, he will make the adjustments. So with that being said, we can turn to a much more positive team um, that has really been playing really well, and that is the Chicago Bulls. So, Jay, what are your thoughts here? What are your expectations going down the 23-game stretch here? Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not a little surprised that we're tied for first. Um, granted, you don't know – you know, you hear the you hear the buzz. You hear you hear Levine and DeRozan talk about how how great one another is, and you, it, it gives you something to be optimistic about. But you still don't expect them to be, you know, sitting at thirty eight and twenty one at the All Star break. And in, in the East, with you know, with teams like Milwaukee and the Sixers that are who have Embiid, who's playing. Un- unbelievable ball. He he could be the MVP, and he's he's yeah. he's one of the guys who I could see taking taking a couple votes at least away from my boy DeRozan, um, who's also playing you know who's playing better than his basketball card has ever looked, um, which is crazy because the way that the Bulls are set up, you would think that it's Levine's team, and. Yeah because he gets the ball whenever he wants. But then there's always this stretch in the game where Levine goes, all right, here, and just kicks it to DeRozan. And DeRozan, one-on-one, isos, whoever his man is, gets to his, gets to his spot and shoots. Um, for me, it's also surprising considering the inconsistency of the lineup and how we haven't had, you know, our bigger role guys like Caruso not playing. We, we lost our rookie best defender, best defender for the year, early in very early in the season. I, I think I don't even I think it was preseason. Um, so for them to just, just be here, I'm 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 excited. But at the same time, now there's a there's a bar being set, and you you don't want this team to have shot their load this early and then crumble at the end. Um, I don't see that happening. They seem they seem pretty well coached. I just would hope, you know, for health and consistency in the lineup because they're only going to be better. Uh, it seems like every time one guy comes back, another guy who's just as important falls off um, or gets hurt. Uh, good thing it's only Lonzo and Caruso right now, which saying only Lonzo and Caruso for our team is crazy, but... Um, Considering it's only those two, and once we get them back, at least Lonzo's running and stuff for his knee, which is good. Hopefully, we get Caruso back in a you know a couple more weeks, and they can start rolling. I'm I'm afraid though. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm not afraid that we could, like I said, if the Nets surpass the Raptors and maybe the Celtics because they're only a two game two and a half behind them. I don't want the Bulls to draw the Nets first. I, I, Nobody I, wants them. I I don't want that. I I I do not want that at all. That is the especially that team at full health. Say Ben Simmons comes in and fits right the hell in, and mm-hmm. Kyrie can play every single game. And I I don't want to play them. I do not no, want to play, play them. I don't want to play them either. But Jay, like there, you saw last year. Then then not just the Nets. It's every the only super teams. They're one injury away, and it could be as easy as a foot being in the wrong spot by an inch. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah I mean they were they were they were like one shot away though, bro. And granted, Durant yeah. gave everything he possibly could last year, and you saw it. And you know, which is still crazy to me that he even he even came back and performed at such the level that he did because he went right into the Olympics after yeah. after the season. I thought like, like he he legit gave ev- you saw him give everything he possibly could in that series with the Bucks, and for him to even have more in the tank to you know carry the 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 U.S. team and then bounce right back into the season, and he was playing the best basketball I think I've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I think he was just riding that stretch of he's playing really really good basketball and it finally gave out on him like his I think his body was just like all right bro you know I, let, let's take a step back for a second yeah um, it was probably a huge adrenaline dump for him but um, that's the thing that scares me man I watched that man legit almost will this team minus Kyrie all the way to to the end to, to the chip. And I, and I believe wholeheartedly if they beat the Bucks that they would have beat the Suns last last year. Um, but I I don't know, man. I'm 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 afraid. As as a Bulls fan, I'm I'm happy that we're sitting at the one. But knowing how these standings are set up, I'm afraid, man. Because I would know that be, would that be if you lose to them in the first round, are you is it a disappointment or? I don't think how, it's an. I don't think it, I would not consider it an upset if we lose to them. I, I, I think the Nets would. I think they'd be favored. I, I think they would too. I 100% think they would too. I think you have to see what kind of basketball both teams are playing coming into the playoffs. But I could easily mm-hmm. see the Nets being favored because on paper, full healthy, yes, better team. And yeah. and bad matchup for us. Bad matchup for us. Very bad matchup because we don't have anybody. No, I don't. And no one has anybody for Durant. But we really don't have anybody for Durant. That's that's where you kind of hope and pray that uh, Patrick Williams that's, is ready that's, to go. That's cause. exactly because that's the only guy that I could even you know process to throw at Durant. But even still, that that's not enough. You know what I'm saying? Say he doesn't play, who'm gonna throw Vucevic at him? He's gonna blow past that man every time. Mm-hmm. Get whatever he wants. You put the smaller guys, he's over them every single time. It, it's so bad, and I don't, I don't want to draw them. I really, really, really don't want to no, draw it's a them. Matchup, it's a matchup nightmare. It is. It'll be over, over City if we get a playoff game of that because I actually don't know. I don't know how the Nets are going to play defense once they get uh, Simmons and Durant back. The Bulls That's play the good defense. They're, they're so... uh, I mean. Well, this is true. Uh, they, they, they have their stretch. They, they, enough. Do, they, they, they do have They do have stretches where they do give up a lot of points and, and, and they do play bad defense. But then again, like I always say, man, we're missing our best defensive player. And then our second best defensive player is probably Caruso. And then third, probably Lonzo. And both of them are out right now. And they've, yeah. been, and they've been on and off. Like, this one misses time. This one is going to miss time. This yep. one comes back. This miss, The next one misses well, there's time. Your, there's your volatility of the injury in the NBA, just like with the Nets, just like with the Bulls. It's every team. Right, right. So, But that's, that's the only thing that scares me, man, is that I, I know you have to play defense. And I, I, I know this. I wholeheartedly know that defense is the, the biggest factor in, in, in the second half of the year and come playoff time because you're not going to cruise control the, the whole year and then go, okay, this is the playoffs. Let's turn on the defense. You got to give it like a week, maybe the last two weeks to get yourself really into that mode of we have to play defense and like team defense and we have to because I, I don't think defense is something you can legit just turn on and turn off no it's a mentality see 
I kind of think it can because if you look at the Nets last year, the Nets played really good defense in the playoffs and then play any defense at all in the regular season. So I, I really like that's. I think effort. I, I think effort. Pass, but it depends on the makeup of your team. Yeah, I think effort. Yes, I think effort. You can turn on and off. I don't think yeah, I don't well, think defense and you know the act, playing actual defense and, and 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 you know the scheme and the rotations. It's. It, it, it's it's a lot because you can you can give effort but you can still not be able to play defense. Mm-hmm. No, I I I think it's, it's it's on a team by team basis. Like a Tom Thibodeau team is going to play defense for forty eight uh, forty eight minutes. Granted, we're not seeing it too much this year, but that's the mentality. Uh, it's just really the personality of the team. I think. True. Um, go go twenty three games left. You, you guys are tied for first place with the Heat. You got a thirty eight and twenty one record. Where do you see you guys finishing down the stretch? Do you think you're you're gonna beat out the Heat and you hold off the Sixers? Um, do you see yourself getting over forty, you know, forty wins or so? Yeah, top wins? top three, top three. I I, I would see us. I, I would gun see to your us. head. Are you the one seed? Gun 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 to our gun to my head. No, gun to my head. No, because I could because as close as the top three are, I I could see I could see Philly. I could see Philly get into number one. Um, I could what about also. The Cavs? I could all, No, I don't. I think it's going to be Miami. Yeah, I, that's that's the other thing. I think Miami could. Miami is also playing good enough basketball that they could ride this out and be the number one. But at the end of it, I I don't see us. I I don't see the Bulls being the number one seed. Granted, mm-hmm. I, I I gun to my head. Gun to my head. No. Expectations, be, being optimistic and hopeful, yes, yes. I would be the same. I'd say the same thing. Yeah, but gun to my head, no, no. Interesting. All right. Well, obviously, it's a much more positive topic with the Chicago Bulls. Um, nice little surprise this year. Or would you say this is a surprise season by your guys, or would it just kind of what y- yes. you expect? Or? Yes, because you would expect at least that you would expect the learning curve of guys to be able to maneuver off each other to at least take a year. I, 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 yeah. There's no there's no problem in giving guys a year when, when, when you're putting guys together, because it was just, it was kind of, you know, Levine just holding it down. And right. then you bring in these guys, you, you know, you bring in Vucevic, you bring in DeRozan, you, you know, you bring in Lonzo, you, you, you want to, you want Caruso, you want to, you want these guys to be able, these guys got to fill each other out. And if it takes a year, that's fine. It takes a year. And I was okay with mm-hmm. it taking a year, but it, it's, it, it, it's not taking that long. So last question, Billy Donovan, coach of the year, strong case. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now, if the season ended right now, I would think you have to, you, you, you have to. Um, mm-hmm. besides that, uh, I guess, I mean, Cleveland, who, the Cleveland no, coach, that, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say either, either Cleveland's coach or, you know, you got to look at Phoenix again. They have 10 losses, bro. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they could keep it up with, uh, no, hey, B- Bickerstaff has to be in the conversation. Yeah. For what he's doing with it, with a young team that, I mean, Thibodeau won it last year with the same type of makeup as this Cavalier team. So, you know, you got to give these guys a ton of credit. They're playing out of their ass right now. So it's really, really nice to see. And good for Cleveland to be playing well without LeBron. Post-LeBron, right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with that being said, we're going to move on from the RNBA talk. Um, let's get right into it here. Monday Night Football shakeup here. There are reports from the New York Post. Um, 
Aikman is going to be definitely Aikman is leaving for ESPN. Is Troy is Buck following him or what's going on with that? And if so, uh, I, I think Buck is going to be like a Fox lifer. Isn't that what his dad was too? I think his dad bounced around. I, I don't think Buck's going anywhere. I think they're going to try to team up. You know, I, I wouldn't hate Tessa and Aikman. I still think they should put Booger back in the booth. G- g- say what you want Why? about Booger. Like, that, do you want to go for it on third and spike it on fourth? Yeah, that's that a great made, that, do you Do you listen to the announcers because they're smart, or do you listen to them because no. they're entertaining? No, they're they're Booger. A, I think Booger does a great job with, 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 at the pregame desk. I think it does a great Booger, job. Booger is a showman. You, you listen to Booger, you get entertained. But, no, I, I think it's ultimately a good move. I, I, I'm on the opposite side of a lot of people. I really like Joe Buck. I don't think football is his strong suit, but I still think he's a good announcer. Said I no one age. ever, bro. That's so funny, Ev. So funny, no, man. Joe people Buck. just, you know, people just come. There are no good announcers in the NFL, if you ask people. There are none. True. Joe Buck does a fine job. I think they're gonna stick him with. I hope they stick him with Greg Olson because Greg Olson does a good job on those Olson Fox does games. A good job. Yep. So that could be a good combo. I forget yep. if Keeb Talib. I think Keeb Talib might be CBS. No, he's Fox. he's Fox. He's Fox. I think they'd be a very interesting combo because I think their styles would clash a little bit. But I think that might be a good thing, and it might, you know, it bring, might bring out the best in both of them. So I, those are two guys that I'd like to see take over the A booth uh, with Buck there. But in terms of Aikman, it's I, I don't know. I, I think I don't really like Aikman. He doesn't really do it for me. I don't trust ESPN to put a. Cowboy lover. I think ESPN, what I read here by the post, is ESPN is trying to make a run at Al Michaels. Because right now it looks like Al Michaels is going to go to that Amazon Prime Thursday night football. But I think that ESPN is going to try to bring Al Michaels and pair him with Troy Aikman to be the Monday night announcer. Which for me, I'd be torn because I love Al Michaels. I love I, the way he the game. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Jim Nance is great too. But I, I those think are Michaels, big game voices. Michaels is a little past his prime. Oh! He, 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 no, he's good at his job. He just doesn't get up for the games like he used to. Like in the Super Bowl, he wasn't, you know, he, he, I noticed it. He didn't really talk with that much enthusiasm and juice. Like he obviously calls a great game. He knows his stuff, but, you know, he, he's a little older. He, he, he's getting older. We I, I need think, more juice. We do need I juice. Here's what I think. I think he's pissed off and distracted at the way NBC is kind of pushing him out for Tariqo. And NBC's in trouble, too, because they're, they thought, hold on, they thought that it was going to be Tariqo and Drew Brees are going to replace Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. But meanwhile, Chris Collinsworth it has no stopping in sight, and everybody rips Collinsworth. I think he's great. We'll I think slide. he's a very good color we'll commentator. I love the slide. I love the slide. I'm going to miss the slide. That's <laughs> iconic. It's, it's an American institution, the slide. It is. It, it is. absolutely is. It is. They're great. Al Michaels and Chris Collins, I think, are the, are the two best. I really do. I, I, I still think the two best play-by-play guys are Kevin Harlan and Ian Eagle. And they don't, have an, they don't have an A booth. I mean, of course, Nance is up there, too. Jim Nance is that, a goat, man. Jim Nance is yeah. great. And, and they don't have an A booth platform. They're usually doing, like, the B or C games. If I'm ESPN, like, ESPN already deals with – Eagle, actually, he might be TNT. But either one of them, he, he does it for the NBA. I don't know why you wouldn't try to get at least Eagle in the Sunday night booth or the Monday night booth. 
or Kevin Harlan. That guy's he's he's a he's a monster. I think he does the radio. I why why not put him on? Kevin Harlan does the radio. Yeah, around the it world. Just feels, not just, it just he does the radio around the world. He does. I, I I feel like the NFL does not allocate its best broadcasters in the biggest games sometimes. The NBA and, does know, a great job of that. Yeah, they do. They yeah, do. that's what the NBA does hey, do. I speaking of crews, I love the Van Gundy crew. Um, Mark Jackson and Mike Breen. I love uh, that. Group. Oh yeah. Great. great together. Great, great great together. It it sucks for Mark Jackson cuz I always say this. I think that he got the shit end of the deal when it came to the Warriors, man, because I think he that he, he should he should have got one. He should have got one with them. If they if he wanted, you know, if, if he wanted to go move on or go do the broadcasting thing or he whatever the case. Leave, bro. They forced him out. Yeah, he yeah, don't I, I know. I know. And it it sucks because he I, but I, I think I think Mark Jackson, you know, considering everything that's already happened, of course hindsight's twenty twenty. I think he's great for for calling the oh, games. He, um, he, he runs people the wrong way though, in terms of the his coaching. Yeah, um, I, I heard he's, I very, can see he's that. very religious. He's very not that anything's wrong with that, but I think that just rubs people the wrong way up top. He's very opinionated. Um, uh, to me, that doesn't bother me. If if you were to fire Thibodeau, I wanted I wanted Mark Jackson before we hired Thibodeau. I wanted Mark Jackson when we hired Phil Jackson. Yeah, because he knows it, Mark Jackson uh, was a Nick. He 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 knows yeah. he he knows. We want action. Bring Mark Jackson. Yeah, he's 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 been there. He's he's been there, and he's you know he's actually performed in in that actual light. So he knows what that he knows what what what, what Madison Square Garden is, and yeah, he he understands you know he understands the assignment when it, I, I think when it comes to MSG. Listen, the only reason why we're talking about commentators right now is because of one person, and that's Tony Romo. Romo's contract has revolutionized how we look at commentators and how networks look at commentators. Romo's first year was electric. Now, is he, getting, is he wear, wearing on people now? Evan would probably say yes. Evan's not a Tony Romo fan. It goes with his territory of being toxic. But um, <laughs> that, that, that type of money... Is, is even throwing a Sean McVay in, in, into the ring to lure these guys out of their passionate coaching positions or general manager's positions, John Lynch might leave the 49ers to go back to the booth. Why? Because he's going to make almost double what he, or triple what he's making right now and have a quarter of the stress. So it, it does it, it, the fact that you, the way it used to be, it wouldn't have made sense. It wasn't that much of a money difference. Now it's like, shit, that's life-changing money, and I don't got to – get shit from the media every week i get to be the media let's go like that's a no-brainer for some guys i don't blame him sean payton is going to be in the booth one way or the other you saw drew Brees. so i mean you can't even rule tom brady out i mean tom brady's making a movie i can't wait to see it oh uh, that brady. movie sounds terrible brady with brady that sounds so yeah. bad and there he it is sounds like it sounds like a hallmark movie it gets so mad. How mad are you? Ask, right? ask, ask me or Evan if either of us have seen Man in the Arena. Has anybody seen Man in the Arena? No. No. Oh, come on, did, guys. You got to watch that. Jay, did you, did you see the, the, the apparent premise for this movie? Yes. I, I, I saw the because my, my roommate felt the need to walk in knowing I'm a Jets fan and going, bro, check this out. And he showed oh, me uh, and I go, get that shit out of my face. Get out of my room. It, yo, this sounds like a lifetime Hallmark movie. Right. It, Jane Fonda's in it. There's like 80-year-old women in this movie. Yeah. And Tom Brady starring himself, as himself. I didn't even know Jane Fonda was still alive. I don't like Jane Fonda. 
I just don't like Jane Fonda. In, in, so indifferent. I'm indifferent to Jane Fonda, but what the hell anyway? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. it, it, it's. You know what it is? You know what it is? Tom, you want to make a movie? We'll pay you X amount of millions of dollars. Sure. Right. Sure. 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 Right. It's, the, it's based on a true story, though. It's the next check. It's what the next. It's true story. People going to a football four, game. It's these four old ladies that go to the Super Bowl and some crazy shit happens. Eddie with Brady. Yeah, they fucking lost right, their teeth. Have you guys have you guys seen the Sean Payton the movie? What is it? What's it called? Um, oh, what's the Sean Payton movie? The Kevin Ke- James sorry, one. Sorry, Kevin James. Yeah. I can't That's say on I Netflix. Have. Sean have you? Payton. No, but uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see the Kurt Warner movie, American 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 whatever it is. I heard it was actually pretty good. I, I heard yeah, that was I heard good. It, yeah, I heard it was pretty good and too. And that I would oh, watch. That I'd watch. Sean Payton's movie is called Home Team, and Kurt Warner's movie is called. Uh, American Underdog. That's actually oh. a good movie. That's actually I'm, a really good movie. That's Zachary I'm Levi. Some, I'm getting some getting some Rotten Tomatoes action on this. Keep Dennis talking about Quaid, it. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Hey, it got seven point two on IM uh, uh, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes get a seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. What about uh? What about old boy uh, Kevin James? What did he pull? He's Home hilarious, team. by the way. Oh, oh this it, this got really bad. Uh, I don't want to say it. Home team, right? 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, no. Oh, yeah, but you know what? It's a Netflix movie. It's not, it's not like... It, what, yeah. I, 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 I like Kevin James, so I'm going to give it a shot because I like Kevin James. So do I. This is this is King, this is King of Queens, Kevin James, correct? Yeah, King, okay. yeah, King of Queens, okay. Kevin James, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great. The, the, the audience scores at 50% for home team, so that, that's a little better than 20. You know, sometimes you got to trust the audience more than the people reviewing it. Yeah. Um, but American American Underdog got r- good reviews across the board. Seven point two on IMDb. Yeah. I'm people gonna, people uh, are clowning uh, that uh, the, the preview too. Hold on. How about this? Box office twenty six point five million for American Underdog. Home team got. Doesn't even say. Okay. Because it's not even a real movie. Anyway, with that being said, see now we're talking about movies. That's what happens when fucking football ends. That yeah, when there's where there's not shit to talk about we, the we NBA All Star break. Movie, we become movie critics. We're movie we're critics, movie critics, and politicians. That's hey, what apparently they got till February. Speaking of baseball, they got till February twenty eighth. The Ravens are losing some games. It is February twenty fourth. I I think we might have a shot here. I heard, I heard John Quick, I heard John Heyman talking about it. Um, and apparently he's the middle. No, Jeff Passan is the middleman between both sides. I heard some good things today. He was on McAfee. See what happens. We'll see what happens, but don't count it out just yet. Um, pay the minor leaguer. That's all I got to say. With that, anybody else? Last last remarks. Or forever nope. hold your peace. Prayers and thoughts to Ukraine, man, and give us sports, please. We need sports. Yeah. We need sports, please. Baseball, need you. Play us out.